Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the blind blogger, Maxwell Ivey, and welcome to another episode of What's Your Excuse? A show where we will challenge the excuses that are holding you back and keeping you from accomplishing your big goals and dreams. And I will do that by interviewing people who have overcome adversity or di difficult life circumstances. People who have struck out on their own and started their own business. Uh, people who just I happen to like, admire, and am inspired by myself. And you can find the show at theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net. That's also where you can hire me if you want to start getting on podcasts and sharing your story. Today, I am uh, very honored to have, uh, have another, what I think is inspirational guest with me. His name is John Leon, a.k.a. Big Fluff. He is a uh, visually impaired hip-hop artist from New Mexico. Uh, he has currently just finished his third album, his first album, Diary of a Fat Kid, was released in 2015, shortly after he went blind due to hydrocephalus. And then his second one, The Rapping Ray Charles, which I'm looking forward to finding out more about because I love, tag, I love, I love brand names and tag names was released in 2018, and then just two weeks ago, um, uh, let's see, it's something about a loser. I'm sure he will correct me on that. You can find Fluffy at facebook.com slash realbigfluff. Uh, John, Fluffy, welcome to What's Your Excuse? Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. It's going pretty good today. We've gotten through the usual technologically uh, blurps and hiccups that come from two blind people doing a podcast, and I think we're ready to have a great conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I'm, I'm ready. Open book well, here. Good. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad we finally got this done. It seems like I say that every time because I'm just always eager to learn from uh, people who are doing things that just make me feel like, man, I need to do more. I think this was like two years in the making uh, <laughs> from how far I've been talking to you, so... <laughs> It's, yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yeah, but you've had a lot of going on. And uh, I, what, I, what I'd like to ask you about first is, um, you know, I've, um, I'm sure most people that are listening to this have never recorded an album. Maybe some of them wanted to record one. They've thought about it. They haven't done it yet. But uh, I'd like you to talk to my listeners about the idea of being in the middle of your very first album. Uh, and then having to deal with vision loss and at the same time to continue working on the album and uh, continue to uh, a successful release of the album. So why don't you just tell us more about that? Okay, uh, if you don't mind, this is somewhat of a long-winded story. It might go on for a couple minutes. So if that's cool with uh, you, I'll go in full detail. All right, I'll help you out from the, from, from the beginning. Uh, this is a show about stories, storytellers, and storytelling. So if it goes on 15 minutes, uh, we'll be still good with it. Okay. Well, okay. So I actually had recorded it in, uh, it was in late 2012. You know what I mean? I was a, a student at the University of New Mexico. And uh, to be honest, like the album is eight tracks. But as you said, you know, I lost my vision in the middle of doing it. And uh, so that was kind of put on hold for a little while, you know, because I went blind in 2013. And uh, it took a while to, you know, deal with my blindness. You know, I had to go to the, the uh, New Mexico Center for the Blind over here in Almogordo and get my training before I was able to use a computer and actually upload the album into iTunes and all that stuff. And it, it was a pretty crazy process. I mean, 
there's, in all honesty, there's probably like five tracks that's missing from it. But that you'll hear that another day. I'm actually uh, preparing an album release for next year. That's going to be all the unreleased and you know uncut stuff that never happened. But that's beside the point. Um, it just it was it was a pretty intense process. But once I got into the swing of things, being blind and everything, and using computers and stuff with uh, screen readers, it. it I, I did the research I needed to, and it was there, and I was so happy to have it out. Yeah, well, you know, um, what were some of the adjustments you had to make after uh, trying to record and edit and upload as a blind person? What were some of the changes? Well, I mean, I, I guess one of the major ones is, uh, and a lot of people won't tell you this, but a lot of these musician websites are not very uh, accessible for blind people. Um, I've had to change distributors because of that. I've had to change uh, mastering companies because of that. And uh, it's, uh, I guess the only real process was just trying to uh, get some help in, in uploading because that was my first difficulty is the distributor I had just was not accessible and I couldn't do it on my own. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that uh, a lot of people have to deal with is accepting that they can't do it all on their own and figuring out um, what help they exactly need and then going about finding that help. Um, so as far as the uploading and uh, things like that, um, do you, do you, are you getting it mostly done from uh, family, volunteers, or is there an online community that's helped you some or how does that work? Well, actually, now with my newest, uh, my newest distributor, Shameless Plug, uh, with DistroKit, they're fully accessible for blind people. So I'm able to do everything I want all on my own. Okay. Well, another point on this show is we have no such thing as a Shameless Plug because uh, basically if we're not telling people what we're doing, they probably won't hear about it. Um, True. So, uh, but yeah, Distro, uh, what's, what's the name of them again? DistroKit. Uh, DistroKit. And um, do they have a website we could mention? Yeah, it's uh, distrokit.com, D-I-S-T-R-O-K-I-T.com. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. And uh, so DistroKit is a fully accessible, is it an app, uh, a website? or It's, it's a website, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to hear because I recently was at the Envisions conference in Kansas and met several people there who want to record music or uh, have radio shows. And so the idea of, of helping people find an accessible platform is, is uh, something that I'm always happy to do for people. And you mentioned that the sites you have to send your music to are generally not accessible. So are you... Uh, are you posting your music to like uh, YouTube and Spotify and is the music uh, for sale free? Are you taking donations out? What is your business model? Um, well, as far as anything goes, like, you know, the, the distributor, they put it on everything, you know, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, all that. They do that for me. And then I have my own separate YouTube channel, Big Fluff FKE. Um, so I put stuff, I'm actually about to start some uploads today cause I'm a little behind on my YouTube channel. Um, I, I have a reverb nation page, but that one's kind of gone downwards in the accessibility factor too. So 
I kind of don't mess with that no more. Um, but basically, my distributor kind of handles all that business for me. Okay, so Distro is actually a distributor, and they uh, they handle getting your music out on on the various channels. What about as far as uh, getting the music out to places where it can be it can be heard on radio stations or where people can purchase it? Um, well, it's I mean I got stuff on iTunes and Google Play where you can buy it. I got all my albums on on there. Um, but as far as like reaching for radio play, I, that's pretty much something I do on my own. Okay. And has the radio side of this changed much or are they still, are there still real, are there still actually actual radio stations out there or have most of them become more of online radio stations that are kind of like a combination between radio and podcast? Yeah, most of it's online. I want to reach the local station here in the El Paso station. Um, but every time I try and reach them, of course, you know, they're a radio station. They're busy. So it's been a little rough there. Yeah, what's their, what's their radio call letters? We'll see if we can't get the, uh, the what's your excuse folks out on that for you. Um, what's oh the call letter um, the station you're wanting to go after? We'll hit them up on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. We'll see if we can't get you some movement. Oh, shoot. I'm going to have to hit you up after the show with that. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I forget. It'll be, it'll be in the show notes, y'all. Um, and, uh, you know, as a, as a guy who does podcast, a podcast, and I've been on a lot of shows, occasionally people reach out to me um, looking, for, looking for people who are musicians, and I obviously am not one, and, and I don't currently represent anyone. That's uh, So – if I hear of anybody though that's that's looking, I'll definitely be trying to get you to try to get you connected. So, awesome. whatever the whatever uh, what uh, genre is it in in, uh, in Alamogordo? Uh, well, they they have a hip hop rap station, but I think it's based in Las Cruces. Um, okay. I just I can't for the life of me remember the name. All right. Okay, and another thing I was curious about as I was looking through your bio and visiting your YouTube channel is, at least for a little while, uh, you were referring to yourself as the rapping Ray Charles, and I guess that that's something other people have said. How did that come about, and do you see it as a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> you know, actually, that kind of popped up in a, a live stream I did on Periscope in uh, 2015. Um, I was doing a live recording session in front of people and uh one of the one of the bars you know says just straight up i'm the rapping ray charles but you can call me fluffy you know what i mean and it <laughs> kind of just it kind of just went from there and i was like you know that's a good concept you know for this being my first album being done while i've been blind you know i was like you know i yeah i hope no one takes disrespect out of it because you know i like ray charles you know excellent musician excellent singer uh, so I don't want to offend anyone or, or slight his name, but that's just what I took. Yeah. And so do you, so have you, have you gotten away from that or are you, are you maybe nervous about him, about uh, going all in on it or where, where are you at with that? Because to me, uh, it seems like one of those things that, that, you know, you should be using that everywhere. That's just my opinion. No, of course I wear that with pride. You know, that's, that's just who I am. You know, and that's what kind of got me more into, you know, more inspired to do it. Because when I first started recording after being blind, you know, things were a little choppy and the lyrics were just kind of garbage. 
you know, but once I came up with that title, I was like, it kind of got me hyped up, gave me more energy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can totally understand it. There's something about finding your, either your niche or your tagline or your name, you know? Um, right. Just like, uh, just like when people started calling me the blind blogger at first, I wasn't like really sure I wanted to be the blind blogger. Then it was like, I'm, uh, I'm happy that they gave me the name because it's, because it's become something that really is highly SEO, search engine optimization rich, that people can find me easily for, from that name. And thankfully, I got it before somebody else got it because at that time, <laughs> at that time, you know, there was a real stigma about emphasizing your blindness or emphasizing a disability in your business name or your social media handles. You know, it's, it's crazy how that's turned around in the last five years where I had people who stopped talking to me because I became the blind blogger. And now you look around on Facebook and Twitter and there are all sorts of people where their, their profile name has either in their name or their description or their tagline. It's very, uh, very obvious and right out there in front, you know, and it's been interesting yeah. to watch that change. So I'm personally happy to hear that you're the rapping Ray Charles. Um, when I, when I write the blog post, that's, that's how I'm going to refer to you from, uh, because I just, and who knows, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get somebody from the, uh, from the family, the, the estate, you go, nah, that's not bad. Or <laughs> worst case, they'll go, they'll send you a cease and desist letter and it'll go viral. Right. There you go. <laughs> Either way is good press. Either you know? way is good. Yeah. So, so when I, when I write the blog post, I'll be sure and see if I can't find an email address for the foundation. I'll get you, I'll either get you banned or promoted one or the other. <laughs> right. Cool. Cool. I'm, I'm all right with that. That's one, of the, that's one of the downsides to associating with a former carny is promotion is kind of in my blood and stuff like that just occurs to me. So um, now I'm going to do my best, y'all. And y'all know I like to, I, I like to uh, push myself and take risks. I'm not, not, not going to go skydiving, but I will, I will try to drop a video in the middle of my podcast interview and just see how it goes. So um, I, t I told uh, I told you I was going to try to do this. I've got it set up, so we're going to try to play the video, the the YouTube track from Rapping Ray Charles. And I'm going to have to tell I'm going to have to tell Apple Podcasts and the rest of them on this particular episode that they need to give us an R. But uh, you know, just to warn my regular viewers and listeners, but I like the song. Um, I think it's you know I've I've heard much worse as far as the language goes, but everything that's in there is in there to, it's, you know, the old line about porn, about, uh, about nudity in the movies, they always used to say uh, it had to be uh, germane to the plot. I don't think that you, I don't think you drop words into the music just for shock value. I think if they're in there, they're in there because they make sense. So Exactly. It makes emphasis in what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm going to give this a try. Let's, okay. Charles and this bitch, didn't you know? <laughs> Big Fluff, 2017, FKE, check this shit out. They call me Rappin' Ray Charles. 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 Rappin' Ray Charles, started at the age of 15. Blind at 21, still I spit clean. Clean verses with them clean clothes. I don't give a fuck about them other hoes. I'm a juggalo, bitch, all that matter to me. I heard you talking shit about my family. 
catch a man family crest I'm gonna say it twice I'm a rude motherfucker I won't take your advice I'm gonna tell you who I am I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna keep it true Cause I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna tell you who I am I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna keep it true Cause I'm rapping Ray Charles When I began rhyming I was in the ninth grade It started as a distract But the dream was to get paid Get myself a house Money in the cellar Prove to myself that I'm not a failure I worked my ass off Just to get to this point I'm not a millionaire But I'll smoke a fucking joint Soon you see me on TV Be like hey there's big fluff I'll be that rapper That you just can't get Enough. But don't get it twisted, though I rap for the fat kids Everybody's welcome, so you don't wanna miss it I created this movement to be like, fuck the industry When they play that bullshit, you can miss me They always wanna censor, take an artist's free speech Now they got us mumbling, ain't that a beach I wanna take it back to when hip-hop meant something Metaphorically an escape from the ghetto, but now they frontin' I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles Rising up the ashes of a Phoenixian flame Is the motherfucker sent to destroy the game I'll tell you in the lane, put your bars to shame Big Flux, look me up, cause that's the name Addicted to the game, so I can't refrain From bringing killer shit, some might say I'm insane They might be right, but they show disdain Gotta take them out the picture, knock at the and it ain't with the same since the hips just came Destroyed the hip-hop culture, made it all about the fame I'm not sipping syrup like I am Lil Wayne I'm not popping pills like I am Gucci Mane I'm not about to fuck with pop and gasoline I'm not gonna drink the shit that cleans my drain You could be a crackhead in a different lane Fix up sticking over the beat I made I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles Charles, I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles. Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles. Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna be true, cause I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna tell you who I am, I'm rapping Ray Charles. Nice to meet you, I'm rapping Ray Charles. I'm gonna kill all that I can, I'm rapping so Ray Charles. So at the end of this album, we can kind of hear some of your disdain for at the end of that song kind of hear some of your disdain for the current music industry and as i understand it after this album you recorded your latest one which is um what's the name of a that one again please uh, it's a child called loser a child called loser i got that wrong in the beginning i'm sorry about that you're, you're um, okay yeah i and and um you like you talk about how a child called loser is really um it, it's really your almost a almost an anthem that the rap music industry has gotten totally away from what it should be or what it what, what it once was exactly and you know uh, i'll give you a little bit of insight on how i came up with the title um because a lot of my album like like diary of a fat kid if you noticed is actually kind of a play 
on the the movie Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Oh, I didn't right? think about that, but yeah. And A Child Called Loser is a play on the book A Child Called It, if you remember that one. No, I don't remember that one. I have to, I'll have to look that one up. It's, it's sad. Trust me. It's, it's very sad of <laughs> a book. <laughs> well, but um, like the, the point I wanted to get across with A Child Called Loser is just the industry needs a change. You know, the music industry itself needs a change because people are lazy now. <laughs> like bottom line. <laughs> And, uh, you know, you used to hear a lot of lyrical content. It didn't matter if you were listening to hip hop, rock, you know, even even country. And I'm not really a country guy, but you used to hear a lot of just lyrical content and stories and everything. And now it's just fluff. You know, it's it's filler. You know what I mean? And uh, that, that's what I wanted to get across is kind of a, an F the industry type deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I understand what you're talking about. Um, I feel that way whenever I listen to uh, to some of Jimmy Buffett's music, and then I listen to what is mostly playing on the radio because his his musical style, while it's different than yours, it features rich, uh, creative, involved lyrics. If if you want to learn a Jimmy Buffett song, you got to work at it because no <laughs> two verses have the same have the same words in them. For goodness' sake! You know? Right, right. So that's kind of what you're talking about. Uh, it's just that people are not putting the effort in to, uh, to write real lyrics anymore and, to, and to, to bring the listener in. Right. Like, at least as far as the mainstream is concerned, you'll find a lot of people in the underground that they're very talented. But, I mean, because they don't have the view count, no one cares. So is it a case of once somebody does get, does get um, discovered that um, they have to change their style in order to get paid? You know, from a lot of artists I listen to, it does kind of sound like that's the thing, is once you become big, you know, you kind of change up to appeal to the masses, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here's something I've, I've also been curious about. Um, is do you uh, have you performed or do you perform at uh, any any live venues with with your music? I have yet to, but I do want to set up some sort of like Thanksgiving or Christmas benefit show where I live. Um, okay, you know I want to try and do something. You know, raise money for the kids or for people that can't eat something. You know what I mean? Raise money for somebody and do a show at the same time is what right. I want well, to do by the end yeah. of the year. Right. Well, the reason I was asking is, is that um, I've, I've, only been, uh, I've only been on stage to, to do public talks, and a couple of times I have had issues with getting up onto a stage because there were no handrail, handrails on the steps that were available. So have you been to, uh, say, some small uh, arenas or, um, or nightclubs to just tr try to start figuring out exactly how you would manage the logistics of, uh, of, you know, setting up your equipment, uh, actually performing things like that. Have you had any thoughts about that? Have you come up with any solutions so far? Well, I guess in a way you can say I've done that. Um, a few years ago, I did a, a VIP at a concert and the whole part of their VIP was at the end of their show all the people that did VIP got to go on stage and uh, uh, just be part of the last song and everything. So uh, I've had a little bit of experience navigating a stage and everything, um, but not to the extent that I want to. Yeah. 
Is it worse? Is it worse when you do it? Because I guess there has to be more. Since there's more equipment, that means there's more there's more electrical cables and and other types of cables strung around. Um. Well, I'm. It's weird because a lot of like concert venues nowadays, you know, everything's so wireless. So from what I experienced, there wasn't a lot of just wires and things in the way. Mostly just like buckets of things. Um. So I don't know, like. Uh, I guess the best I could say is there's you just have to get used to your surrounding and know where you're at. Yeah. What about um, recording, selecting sound levels, mixing your music before you send it to your distributor? Is that pretty much all on the uh, ad adaptive software on your computer or do you use actual um, uh, recording equipment like a mixing board or things like that? Um, yeah, it's, I have it within my software. I'm looking to get a mixing board, but right now the money's just not there. Um, but I've been working on my production skills for the past four or five years now. Um, so it's not too bad anymore. Well, that's good. Um, and you know, I, have to, I have to applaud you because a lot of people get caught up in that uh, perfectionism trap where they would be saying if if the you know even though even though what I recorded is great if the if the end sound version isn't you know really really good then I can't put it out in the world so I'm glad to see you don't have that problem is there something that's helped you to avoid that in the first place? Uh, I'm just one of those people that I'm I'm a trial and error type of guy you know what I mean I will keep going and keep going until I have mastered it basically like i just i don't give up i'm not gonna quit on something i'll just keep going yeah i just oh that's you know that's a great way to be um i was just referring to how you know you you mentioned that your your mixing editing skills aren't as good as you'd like them to be yet but you're still putting music out so is there oh, is there well, something in your past that allows you to do that you know um well okay okay i guess yeah um i guess the best i could say is just whether or not it's super professional quality, it doesn't matter to me at this current point in time because I don't have a million dollar studio. Um, I just want it out there. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, that's cool too, you know? Well, I personally uh, love that attitude. That's the way I do it. I've already mentioned to you before we started recording that with my show, I basically press record and stop and then go with whatever we end up with. Uh, but there, but I, but I tell you, it's amazing how many people I run into who have yet to per, post their first blog post or their first podcast episode because they're still unhappy with their website. You know, right. uh, so I'm glad to hear that you just put it out there. Um, something I like to tell people is that um, one of the best ways you can create a following is for them to see you progress and grow from what you did week one to what you're doing two or three years down the road. And that, um, in fact, the, the whole idea that people can see you as a as human and as as struggling are very attractive things in today's world. Yeah, I think it's important to see the the process of climbing to the top. You know. Yeah, and um, is the music is the hip hop music style? Is it does it lend itself more to um, to less than perfect than other music styles? You think? I mean, there's, there's definitely flaws in any genre you find. 
I just, I don't know, I've always been a hip hop guy, you know, I've always liked, you know, old school rock and metal songs. Um, yeah. I don't know, I just find there's always something that's kind of weird in either genre, it doesn't matter which. Okay, well, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad to hear that you continue to put your music out there as good as it is right now, and hopefully that will uh, inspire more people to do the same. Um, I really should ask, what are some of your uh, musical influences that, because I think in your bio you mentioned starting your music when, uh, what, in 2005, I think, so you've been yes. doing this a long time. What are some of your influences? Uh, well, I guess you could say, you know, I, I listened to Insane Clown Posse. They inspired me, you know, uh, Tech Nine, of course. He's very lyrical if you ever look him up. And uh, Tupac, Metallica, you know, there, there's a, a wider range of, uh, of people that just got me to where I am. Okay. Um, let me see now. Uh, you wanted to okay back to your your newest album. Um, what is it a child called Wizard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, and um, there are I think you mentioned there are two uh, are two songs off of that album, and it basically depends on who I ask whether which one they're going to tell me is the best. Um, there's um, the okay, Village in the Sand, and then there's the title track Just Loser. So what would you yeah, say yeah. are yeah? So what would you say are the the main uh, reasons or what what is the conversation around those two songs that makes those the ones that stand out and why people can't seem to settle on one being the the song of the album? Um, I, I guess when you when you look at both, you know, um, both are very incredibly lyrical. But I guess what sets them apart is losers more like high energy like angry type of feeling you know what i mean whereas like village in the sand it's uh it's kind of you know a, a love letter if you will to my state new mexico you know what i mean and it's bilingual huh okay all righty well i did listen to quite a few of your songs before we started this but i wasn't able to find that one um and the, the album's been out for for two weeks so any idea how it's doing as far as uh, listens or downloads or however they track music anymore? Um, I know I probably have about a couple hundred streams. Um, not sure if there's been a purchase yet. I don't get the details on that until like three months after it's come out, you know. So unfortunately, I don't have details on that. But I've got a few hundred streams and I've got a steady amount of monthly listeners on Spotify. Okay, so was Spotify it's a monthly listener uh, approach as opposed to a per song listening? Yeah, well, I think after you get over like a thousand streams on a song, that's where they start showing you exactly how much is there. Um, but I don't really keep track of that. I just kind of look at the monthly viewer count just to make sure it's not, you know, too low that I'm not really, you know, I I'm promoting myself at least. Right, right. I know... Um, Last year, when I was when uh, one of my books was was available in audio, I looked into the royalty situation for uh, for iTunes and Amazon and the other places where you can sell your own music. And I was appalled to find out that 
at least the major, the, at least the main sites that most people would think of getting their music from, they keep seventy-five uh, percent of the income. And is that still correct? And is there any way that you and your distributor get around that so that the guy who does the hard work keeps the money? Right. I think I think that varies depending on whatever. Because uh, iTunes, I know iTunes does about thirty percent. I think YouTube keeps about forty percent. Um, I can't really speak on the other ones because they, you know, that's mostly streaming, and you know, they you only get like half a shilling for each stream. Um, but I don't know that. I, I'm sure there's some amount of greediness in that with the companies, but I don't think they take a huge chunk because, as far as I know, it's just more. At least forty percent is the maximum. Okay. Um, and are you familiar with the the way the new law they passed as far as uh, royalties and whether it's going to be better or worse for uh, musicians and performers than the previous uh, mechanical slash performance license system they had? I'm sorry, say that again. Well, recently Congress passed a new law that's supposed to make it better for, uh, for, for musicians and performers as far as keeping more of the money and protecting their rights. But before that, oh. there was, before that, there was what's called, what was called the mechanical license or the performance license system. And I was just wondering if you had, uh, if you had, you know, done any research or if your distributor had, had okay. given any information on how that's going for people uh, in the music industry. Um, okay, actually, okay, I understand what you're going on now. Um, I, I haven't really heard much except I think I've seen an article that about some about Taylor Swift that she's trying to get all her uh, her royalties for herself since she just went on on her own independently. Um, but as far as I know, like I have my own publishing rights. So if anything ever happens, you know, if anything's streamed or someone has my videos on their channel, I get paid for that. So I mean, as far as I can speak on it, that's about as far as I know. All right. And how do you feel about people covering your music? I actually think that would be pretty cool. Like, I wouldn't mind it at all. Okay. Because, um, you know, if you can, as I understand it, you, you can cover somebody's music uh, with no problem as long as you don't make any money off of it. But if you do make money off of it, then the person who owned the original song still has, still has the rights to royalties. Uh, right, right. Yeah. The other thing is, is apparently whoever has the rights to a particular piece of music um, – they also have the right to evaluate your performance. So uh, right. if somebody is performing it in a way that doesn't really make you look good, then you know, you'd have the right to tell them, no, you can't do that. Um, yeah, like, um, again, the distributor I have, I have the rights to do uh, limited cover licensing. Um, so that way I don't get messed with unless it goes over a certain amount. I think it's like 5,000 downloads and something like that. Um, I don't know, the, but doing cover songs is kind of weird because with me, in my case, I like doing cover songs, but I like to add new lyrics to them. <laughs> like um, I want to make it mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know where that falls in there. I'm guessing that uh, eventually, if you if you recorded it, I'm guessing eventually you'd have to get permission from whoever 
who, whoever owned the, the original song, but then you just kind of feels like the the new and improved version would be a new would be a new song. But I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, kind of how I think how that works is you're essentially screwing over the artist when you do it that way, and it really <laughs> just it really just goes to the the engineer because of course they're the ones that did the beat and everything. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a gray area. Yeah. Now, do you create your own beats or do you buy them from services or a little of both? Um, well, I used to do exclusively my beats. And uh, lately, I've just went to other producers, but I'm getting back into the swing of things. I have GarageBand on my phone and I'm just kind of messing with it and uh, just figuring out what I should be doing on there because it's kind of hard to navigate. I agree with you. Uh, I haven't had much luck with GarageBand or Audacity or iMovie, but I'm not really a tech person. <laughs> For some reason, people think I am a tech person, but I am not. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? As a blind user, you're a Windows user. I'm a Mac user. So you're using something called uh, JAWS for Windows on your desktop or laptop, and then you're using, I'm assuming, though, on your phone, it's probably an iPhone, so that's probably voiceover. Yeah, yeah, I have the iPhone 8. I'm running the 8 as well. I just didn't like the idea of not having a physical home button. So that's why I'm yes. with the 8. <laughs> yeah, I won't lie. Once I got this phone, like, the home button's so weird that, like, I had to get an OtterBox in order to actually realize that it's there. Yes, yeah. So um, so, so talk a little bit about, uh, about, the, about the equipment you're using and, you know, how does it – how does it come into play when you're when you're recording or editing? What's what are the special challenges of trying to record and edit while you're also having speech? Um, well, definitely, I have to shut Jaws up every now and then. <laughs> uh, the control <laughs> button's my best friend. Uh, but as far as like, because I use Audacity and then I use a, a Samson Go mic. I'm uh, looking to upgrade to a Yeti at some point. Um but I don't really find any technical difficulties with Audacity. I think the only thing that ever really messes up is I need to um, mess with my hard drive on my computer because every now and then uh, JAWS will interject, like, you got low disk space, better clean out some disk space. So that's really the only thing I deal with is sometimes I'll be in the middle of recording something and just all of a sudden JAWS wants to say something to me. <laughs> Yeah, I've been there, um, and, you know, when, when I was doing the screen share a little while ago, just for those of y'all who are watching this, um, setting that up, it basically drove, uh, it drove John crazy because his <laughs> screen reader on his computer is telling him all the stuff I'm doing on, on my side of the conversation on my computer and everything, uh, you know, keys, uh, uh, an auditory, uh, expression from voiceover and there really is no such thing as a friendly voice on these machines i mean they've they've gotten a lot better than they used to be but there's nothing like the voice in the movie top gun that's or the got <laughs> mail right no yeah, such thing yeah sometimes i think screen readers uh do a little too much like, well, even on my phone, I think they, they just say too much. Like, I don't need to know all these things. I don't need to know which button to press. I already know how to do that. Right. And, of course, we, most of us have reset those things to where it doesn't give us instructions, but it's still giving us instructions. 
<laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So the big problem you have is is when Jaws and Siri want to talk while you're recording something, and that happens a lot. So I'm guessing it. Uh, do you feel like it takes you more uh, more takes? Let's call it more more tr tries to record a song than it would if you didn't have to to deal with all the speech in order to get what you're doing done. Um, sometimes I can get over that. I guess the only reason I would have to do a few takes is because a lot of what I do is very fast-paced lyricism. So, like, sometimes it'll be like, you know, say, you know, all American arts with acrobatic artistry, bring it back, bang it, bars, bring it back, you know what I mean? Sometimes you trip over your words, you know what I mean? Okay, all right. Yeah, and if, I, if while you're tripping anyway, you hear, you hear voice, you hear, uh, you hear Jaws in your ear, that's going to cause a full-on full fall. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Um, now, do you, uh, do you, do you, uh, do you use any Braille or is it all speech? I, you know, I won't lie. I haven't used Braille in like three years. <laughs> so I just use speech. Uh, and when you travel, are you a cane user or a dog user? Uh, I just use my cane. Yeah. Okay. The only time I ever use my dog is when she needs to go somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I used to have a dog that was like that, but they were. But my family didn't want me to follow her. They were afraid she wouldn't come back. Oh wow! Yeah, this one won't leave home. We've actually proven that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, guys, I'm talking with uh, John Leon, aka Fluffy. You can find him at uh, Facebook.com/slash/RealBigFluff. This is what's your excuse, and you can find me at theblindblogger.net. Uh, so let's. Uh, what are what are some of the things that are there uh, that have allowed you to continue to just keep moving forward? I mean, is it um, is it faith? Is it family? What is it that um, that has made you into this person that can just keep going? Um, for me, it's it's mostly ambition. You can, of course, you can say it's the people that are behind me, but it's also the ambition to just let the world hear what I got to say. Yeah. And did you ever have a time when you wondered if the world did, in fact, want to hear what you had to say? Oh, I questioned that all the time. But, I mean, at this stage in my life, I've gotten to the point where it's like either you're with me or against me. And either way, I'm fine. Like, I'm just going to keep doing what I do. Right, right. Well, one thing I've talked about with authors is, is that no matter how many – books you publish when you get ready to send it off or upload it there's always uh there's all the the gremlins always seem to show up how is it with you when you publish a new album do you feel really confident or do you do you still you know do you have those moments where you wonder if the if people are going to like this one um i mean of course i always worry you know is someone gonna like it but then i'll hear it and, you know, I'll, I'll listen to a song over and I'm like, you know what, I like this. So I imagine, you know, there's got to be a handful of people that do. And for the most part, they do. And if someone if someone's ever hating on it, I've tended to not care anymore because it's like whether you liked it or hated it, you still streamed it and I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um. Uh, have you had many, have, have you had many trolls or haters? Um, I mean, years ago, yeah, when I first started putting stuff out back again, um, there was a lot of people in the woodworks uh, that were just going on just to complain. <laughs>
you know, but as I go more and more and I introduce myself more to the public, um, people definitely see what I got going on. Whoops, sorry, I got to plug in my laptop real quick. But no, I mean, uh, I just, I get a lot more positivity than negativity nowadays, I guess. Is right, well, I ask because I have to preface this next sentence with, I'm not asking for one, I do not want one. But to this point, I haven't had a hater. Um, nice. And, nice. Yeah, it's been really good. I'm, I'm not saying I want one. So, I, so whenever I hear <laughs> somebody who has had them, I'm like, like, well, no, how do you deal with them? So you basically just ignore them. And, yeah. Okay. Um, and has any of them ever made a comment that's made you more uh, determined or more focused to do something on your, <laughs> maybe on your next album? <laughs> Actually, that happened during uh, the recording of the Rap and Ray Charles. I was receiving a lot of hate during the Diary of a Fat Kid era, if you will. And uh, I made a song called Real Rhymes. And that was basically aimed at people, you know, uh, that just weren't liking it. And it was like, you know what? You don't like it? Well, like this. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, like it, was, it was kind of a, a diss towards the people, if you will. Um, the people that were hating on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not like everybody. Like, I, I, got, <laughs> I got love until you don't love me back. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, um, what, you know, one of the things I, I really try to focus on with this show is uh, people out there who want to do something that my guest has already done or is in the process of doing and trying to help them so that they either don't get stuck or they can get unstuck. So for anybody who's, you know, they've started or they, they're thinking about recording an album, is there one thing or two or three things you could tell them that will, uh, that will really help them as far as the emotional side and just, you know, just to continue going until they get it published? Um, I, I guess the best thing I can say is just keep doing your best. Like don't, don't do it without your full heart into it. You know what I mean? And as far as like putting it out is concerned, like uh, in the production stages, you know, just use your ear, you know, get a pretty good set of headphones and use your ear to make sure that the, the quality is to your liking. It doesn't have to be professional. It just has to be to where you like it. You know what I mean? And you can upgrade from there. That's an interesting take. Record for yourself, and hopefully there will be enough people out there who like you or have similar tastes that it will all be fine. I like that. Yeah, it's kind of it, like – you ever watch the movie uh, Man in the Moon, the Andy Kaufman story? I believe so, yeah. You know, he, he had a problem in the early days of his comedy because he started out doing comedy for himself. And club owners and his parents and lots of people would say – you can't do that. You've got, to, you've got to tell jokes that'll make other people laugh. But his point of view was he wanted to start with making him, himself laugh, doing things for the audience of one. Right. Of, of course, there were less people who were similar to Andy Kaufman than there are similar to Fluffy, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that guy was just nuts. But uh, oh, yeah. So start off. So, so good, good headphones. Uh, know what you like and work on it until it sounds good to you. I like yeah. that. I like oh, that. yeah. Uh, because if I don't if I don't like the final product, I'll scrap it all together. Like really? if if it's not up to my standards, it's gone, and I'll redo it. Because I've had to do that. I did that a few times with a child called Loser. I had to go back and do re edits, and it it just was. Eh. 
you know, I just wanted it to sound good for me. Okay. All right. Uh, and one thing I wanted to point out earlier when we were talking about A Child Called Loser is you mentioned it only had eight tracks, but uh, I think a lot of times people get caught up in number of tracks and size of a project because I know personally I stalled for several months on releasing my first book because it was only 82 pages long. So, uh, you know, number of tracks is not really a big thing. I'm glad to hear you went ahead and, re and released the album. And hopefully that is something people listening to this will pick up on and go, hey, an album doesn't have to be 15 tracks or 12 tracks or 24 if it's a double album or whatever. As long as it's right. good material. Uh, and, of course, you know, we're in the age of Netflix and Amazon where – even TV series aren't 22 episodes anymore. Oh, no, they're maybe like 10, 12 now. Like, uh, the process is very streamlined. The only, the way I look at it is just if you're happy with what you got, then that's good. Like, I, I'll keep pushing this point. It's about you first, then it's about the people. All right. Well, now, uh, me personally, it's in my bio that I like to sing. So other hosts have asked me to do it. And I do it, and hopefully you're not going to be upset with me. But I'm just wondering if you could do a few lines from uh, from Loser or from Village in the Sand, since those are your new. That's off the new album, um, um, Child Called Loser, and I really want people to to get a flavor for it, and hopefully go out and buy it. Okay. Um, all right. This is one that I haven't discussed with you yet, but it's one that I'd really like to point out. This one's called. Uh, Hold my blunt. You know what I mean? It's like how people nowadays, they say, hold my beer. I'm say like, hold. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's it's one of those that like, oh, yeah, the industry's kind of uh, watered down. So hold my beer. I'm going to do this real quick. All right, go for it. All right. So this is what I like to call the alphabet challenge style. You're going to notice that there's some. And I hope you pick up on what the verse spells. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Big fluff's been bountifully benevolent, but bringing beef is blasphemy. Insanely intelligent, I intertwine my idioms with intricacy. Get good or go home, my grammar's godly, I am greatness. Feel the fury of a flamethrower, putting the fear in the famous. Let loose like a loony llama, I'm Lex Luthor, no lamenting. Understand, I undersold myself to usurp you underlings, unrelenting. Frosty flows for frenzy foes. Fuck the fame, I'm flawless. Feel so fresh, I give a fuck less if you think of me with fondness. I don't know, is Fluffy in there? Yeah, actually it spells big fluff. Okay. <laughs> I didn't catch the first part. I feel good. I feel better about myself. I got it. Cool. <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you doing that. Was something. And that's uh that's and the name of the song again is uh It's uh, it's called Hold My Blunt. That one's on my YouTube channel. I released it on uh, New Year's. Okay, well, then before I post this or when I post this to the website, I will go out and grab that link so people can listen to the song in its entirety. And uh, I was thinking, you know, like, like you say, um, the other reference I've heard is Hold My Purse, which is the, the oh, other yeah, version yeah. of Hold My Beer. So, right, right. Um, but, but I appreciate it. I've had this conversation with a friend of mine who is a professional musician from over in the UK. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to start nothing. But uh, I told him, I said, People ask me to sing, and I do it, and he's like, Max, where do you find the courage to sing a cappella live like that? And my question <laughs> is, where do you find the courage to sing in front of 4,000 people? <laughs> the reason I bring it up is I think it's interesting what scares us, what we, what we fear, even when you, if you think about it, you know, there really shouldn't be a difference between me or you singing on a podcast 
and him singing in front of three or 4,000 people live, but in his mind, there is. So any thoughts that come to you because of, I mean, I, I guess I can see where it's different. Cause like, I like to do uh, live stream performances on Facebook and um, compared to this, that kind of gets me nervous. Cause really? I know there, yeah. Cause I know literally there's people watching live. So I'm like, Oh, I better not mess up on a word <laughs> or I better not run out of breath too quickly, which, you know, after four or five songs performed, you know, you do start to run out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I can see there's a difference. Yeah. Although I, I would love to hear you sing, bring me that cherub voice. You know what I mean? Bring you what? I, I want to hear that cherub voice. Cherub voice. <laughs> yeah. You're serious? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely serious. You're absolutely serious. Well, I don't know any of your music, so I have to do one I know. Um, yeah, do your thing. Okay, I'll do my thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're going to get bonus points for, for basically throwing the host. So we'll, we'll, have, we'll have to mention that online as well. Okay. Uh, too many times we stand aside and let the water slip away. So what we put off to tomorrow has finally come today. So don't stand upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. And choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. That was a little bit from The oh, River man. by Garth Brooks, which is, which is my theme song unofficially <laughs> until... Until Brooks I finds out about it and tells me to stop. <laughs> you got my girlfriend clapping. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, she cool. was loving that. All right. Well, she can listen to the, most of the song on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Maxwell Ivy. And uh, I really need to record that song in full. And who knows, maybe someday you can help me with one of the things I would, would really like to figure out how to do because I don't understand Audacity. Um, People are like, Max, you sing good, but we'd really love to hear you sing with a backing track. But I just can't figure out how to record myself while singing with a backing track. So maybe, um, maybe we can make an appointment for another day for you to help me understand how to do that. Or maybe sometime we could get online together and uh, you could just be my engineer and take care of all the technical stuff and all I have to do is sing. Yeah, yeah, I can do that. I mean, uh, I, I know all the shortcut keys to Audacity too if you ever have problems. All right. Well, maybe that's where I should need to start. Maybe you could email me a, a list of shortcut keys and then I could play around with it on my own and do a test audio. And then you could give me some, some uh, feedback as to how I, how I did good or bad and maybe get me to the point because uh, I really would love to be able to do uh, the river and a couple other songs. Um, Ooh. And uh, I've also, I also would love to do them as part of a speaking presentation because when I speak I also sing usually at the beginning or the end sometimes in the middle if the song is appropriate to what I'm talking about and I have this whole idea it's you know it's I should say I'm calling it a crazy idea and people call me crazy so um, I call it music and motivation I eventually want to do this thing where I sing about five or six covers tell some stories and teach some life lessons be about you know 45 75 minutes somewhere along in there I just haven't had the guts to actually book a venue and start doing it. But if I could work with somebody where I could actually get to start singing with the music behind me, that might be the last thing I need to get me over the hump. So we'll definitely have to talk about that. And hey guys, oh, yeah. this is, the, this is my show, but 
you know, Fluffy's the guest, so I'm sorry about getting <laughs> off on the side there. Um, any Don't worry last about thing? It. You, yeah. Any last thing you want to tell people? Is there something you're working on that you've got booked or is going to be released, or is there is there a link maybe directly to the album where they can buy? Just you know, just a couple of things you want to leave people with before we quit. Um, well, I'll definitely leave you with the links to go purchase. Um, I believe I've already left you with some links to go stream my, my music and everything. Yeah, um, I've got those and I'll post those. Um, but as far as, uh, future projects, um, like I said, I have a, a compilation CD of unused stuff that's going to come out next year. And I'm working, I'm going to start working on a, a fantasy novel. Okay. I need to connect you with a new friend of mine. Um, I don't have the name off the top of my head, but it's called the reckoning project. And their okay. goal is to create the first, um, accessible graphic novel and comic book series. Oh, wow. And That's they've already, cool. they've already done a trailer for it. They've done a, they've done a couple of small tests and they're really working for it. It's one of those cool projects that eventually I want to get him on the show and talk to him about it. So, Look for Fluffy's, uh, you know, fantasy novel, his compilation CD, and the um, and his current one, uh, Child Called Loser, with um, Loser Village in the Sand, and then Hold My Blunt, the one he just just sang for us. So, um, and again, you can find him at Facebook.com/slash Real Big Fluff. Uh, Fluffy, John, I want to thank you for coming on the show and being such a great guest. I really appreciate the time you spent with me. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. I can't wait to do a sequel. Well, I can't wait for us to have enough stuff to talk about where we can do a sequel. So of uh, both of us need to get up. Most, both of us need to just keep, uh, just keep uh, living our story and, and, uh, and come back to this in a few months and see what's going on. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. All righty. Well, um, let me record my, uh, my outro here, and then maybe we'll talk for a few minutes afterwards. So, ladies... Cool. And gentlemen, this was the What's Your Excuse show, and you can find it at theblindblogger.net. And if you want to purchase my books, um, courses, or the What's Your Excuse merchandise, you can go to theblindblogger.net slash store. And oh, crap, I just remembered. I was supposed to promote Fluffy's store. What's the link to your, to your store, Fluffy, where they can buy the Rapid um, Rate Charles merch? It's inktail.com slash fat kids store, kids with a Z. Okay, inktail.com slash fat kids store, and kids has a Z in it, y'all. I'll be sure and include that as well. I'm sorry I forgot about it, but at least I remembered it later. Uh, again, people, it's theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net slash store. Um, we are always open to finding a new guest with amazing stories, so if you have a story to tell, or even if you're not sure if you have a story, reach out to me through my website, click the contact form, and, and uh, we'll get to know each other and see where it goes. Um, and for my viewers, listeners, followers, supporters, fans, I just want to remind you all, I couldn't keep doing this without you. I really appreciate all your love and support. So until next time, thank you, God bless you, and take care out there. <laughs>